This is David Rhymes, and you're listening to Foot Notable, a podcast where we discover the truth is in the details. All right, welcome everyone. Hello. We are back in the studio for this episode. So glad to be sitting across from the table yes, from you today, back Warren. Back together in the studio. Uh, it is so much better. As much as I love being home, you know, for a lot of reasons, I to do this episode, I like just being yeah. here in the studio. Yeah. It's such a better experience all the way around. So here we are. Yeah, man. How was your Easter? It was great. It was really good uh, in a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, a lot of you know that, you know, I was out for a couple of weeks because my wife had COVID. She's doing super fantastic. And so part of our Easter was just getting to celebrate and be thankful to God for Mm -hmm. her wonderful recovery. The fact that none of the rest of us got it. Mm -hmm. And we were able to be at church yesterday and gather with the family. That was my first time to be anywhere in two weeks. Yeah. So my wife went back to work on the, the the previous Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and so when I pulled out of my driveway Sunday morning, I was just like, yes, yes. so here we go. It was good. Yeah. So I love to see everyone. We had a, a great crowd for us oh, it was it so was good. to yeah. see everyone. And Easter was good. It's a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the Easter afternoon, getting a chance to just spend you know, time with the family. Some Easter hats in the sanctuary. Ladies we did have Easter some Easter hats. hats. You know, some, I, I appreciate the fact that we do have some ladies that keep that tradition yeah, going. Yeah, At awesome. some point, there won't be any Easter hats, right. I predict. Right. I think that'll be a bygone mm-hmm. uh, fashion thing. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see some ladies still rocking the Easter hats. Man, it was so good to see everybody back yesterday, man. It was, it just, was, oh, it was excellent. So encouraging. Very good. Yeah, it was the most people we've had since probably 2019, probably Christmas 2019. Probably, probably so. Probably the most people we've had in this yeah. century. It was so, it was without so, a, so without good. Without a doubt. It was good. Yeah. So I hope yeah. your Easter was well, mm-hmm. um, that you had a good chance to, uh, to celebrate the Lord and his resurrection. You know, we celebrated it. Every day. Absolutely. But Easter is that special time. We just really put the, the focus on it, mm-hmm. not just for ourselves, but it's also a great tool to use that holiday to share about yeah. the resurrection with yeah. others who don't know why is this mm-hmm. day important mm-hmm. to us as Christians. Yeah. And there's a lot about the resurrection mm-hmm. that uh, we could talk about for sure. And we are going to talk about the resurrection specifically next week. Next week, yeah. But yeah. this week, before we get to that, we wanted to talk about why the atonement of Jesus yeah. matters. Basically, what we're talking about is what did Jesus do on the cross? Mm-hmm. What exactly was was happening there, and why is that so important? And you know, this is a this is one of those subjects that is foundational to our faith. Yeah. It's a non negotiable, uh, and what we believe about mm-hmm. the atonement from a biblical perspective. Uh, but it's something that is being uh, very much challenged today, particularly by the progressive church. Mm-hmm. And so you may have heard some things, perhaps, mm. I almost said protect, which is French mm-hmm. uh, for perhaps. <laughs> if other languages start spewing out of my mouth, <laughs> just excuse me, sometimes that happens. You'll get there. Eventually. I've got three that do battle in my head at all times. <laughs> um, anyway, but perhaps you have heard something that you're just not sure if it sounds right, right. about the atonement, about the work of Christ on the cross. So we wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit today. Yep, absolutely. So the atonement is absolutely foundational to the Christian faith. 
Um, there is no Christianity without the resurrection of Jesus and without the cross. And so there's always been a lot of debate about what the cross was or is and why it matters and its significance. Why is the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross so important to Christians? This is one of the things that we even talked about with studying first Peter, those Christians that were considered exiles were not being beaten or tortured or killed they were just kind of pushed aside and marginalized by the culture they lived in at that time because their belief was in a man who died on a Roman cross and then came back to life, right. whose blood that was shed on that cross forgives them. It, yeah. was, it was a weird thing. And even today, when yeah. the ears of people have it's never heard weird. it before, it can sound a bit strange. And so what we have to be careful to do is to explain what the atonement is means why why is it so important why does it matter that that jesus died on the cross why 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 do i need to have that why did why did he do that why did god ordain that plan for the salvation of men um and so the atonement is so foundational to the christian faith and as dave mentioned a moment ago there have been a lot of challenges there's always been challenges to it but in recent years there have been more challenges to sort of redefining the meaning of the atonement or the cross uh, taking some of the um, sharper edges off of it to make it softer, right. or more easier to believe or accept. And that's just not the intent. That's not the message of the gospel. We are meant, really last week, the Passion Week, is meant for us as much as possible to sense or feel what Jesus endured for our sins. We will never know what it was like to suffer on that cross, you know, smited by God and and paying the penalty of the sins of man. But we can, in some ways, try to imagine, try to think through yeah. what that what that was like, what or, or how that happened, so that we can appreciate it, so we can praise Jesus for it. And so, the blood that was shed on the cross covers sinners. We're going to talk about that today and why that's so important. And to illustrate that with a Seinfeld episode, Dave. Yeah, we there, always have a Seinfeld reference that we can pull up. There is an episode that involves blood. There is because you know when you talk about someone dying for someone else Mm -hmm. that's not an unfamiliar concept you know people go to war give Mm -hmm. their lives for the for their country for their countrymen Uh, there are instances where people uh, may uh, in an attempt to rescue someone from a dangerous situation Mm -hmm. may give their life Mm -hmm. for that person Uh, but the atonement is something completely different completely different and so we want to just kind of give an illustration of what it's really not yeah. In a lighthearted way. Sure. And, of course, we go straight to Seinfeld for all of our lighthearted uh, quips and references. Mm-hmm. And there was an episode called The Blood. The Blood. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> so and there's a lot of great stuff going on in that episode. Yeah, uh, putting okay. skins, uh, being, being one of them. And just to set it up for you, uh, Kramer has taken his blood out of the blood bank. Yeah, he was keeping his blood in the blood bank. Yes. Like, just, ju- just in case something goes down. Correct. He wants to have blood transfusion if he needs it. Yeah, and he lost confidence in the blood bank. Yeah, because they were charging him too much. Yeah, and ended up having to store it elsewhere, and Jerry was afraid that he was storing the blood in his fridge. In Kramer's freezer, right? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. And so there's a scene where Jerry is confronting Kramer about the possibility of his blood being in his in, in Jerry's fridge. And Jerry's kind of freaking out. And in the course of freaking out, uh, Jerry knocks over 
a spoon which sends an exacto knife flying flying in the air <laughs> end over end and the last you see is Jerry like looking at the camera with the uh, that oh no expression yeah. and then this is what he wakes up to ah. it's okay I'm right here I can see that what happened oh, that, that knife it nicked your jugular you know Jerry when somebody yells heads up you're not supposed to actually look up I'll remember that Anyway, you're lucky I was there. You lost a lot of blood. What? Oh, yeah. You got three pints of Kramer in you, buddy. (laughs) All right. Yes. Three pints of Kramer in you. (laughs) That is not what Jesus did for us on the cross. You didn't get a blood transfusion. You didn't. It's just hilarious to think that Kramer had contained like Tupperware containers of blood in Newman's <laughs> freezer down the hall. He brought it with him to the hospital so they could Here, put it in Jerry. Use this. <laughs> it's so great. Don't don't bother going to your blood bank at the hospital. And it's so funny. I brought mine. It's so funny afterward how Kramer uses that as leverage against Jerry because he's I saved <laughs> your blood life. Brothers, yeah, we're right. blood brothers now. It's so funny. It's so good. <laughs> oh, I love that show. All right. In all seriousness, though, let's talk about the atonement. Yeah. And specifically, what is the atonement? Atonement is not a word that I randomly use in conversation with people. It is very much a religious word. Mm -hmm. And so for those that may be listening that maybe don't have a a church background, Mm -hmm. you may be wondering, what what are you talking about? This this sounds a a little um, high-minded. Yeah. Uh, So let's let's break it down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so the word atonement Uh, essentially means to cover by payment. So um, what Jesus did on the cross is actually a fulfillment of what God instituted in ancient Israel through the sacrifices of animals. The the blood of an innocent lamb was used to atone for the sins of the nation, which the high priest would take into the Holy of Holies, and he would uh, sprinkle the altar with it, the, the, the Ark of the Covenant, and the altar with it, um, and that would be the atoning sacrifice mm-hmm. to cover the sins of the people. What Jesus did at the cross was a payment covering for us, and it was not a burnt offering as was practiced in ancient Israel. It wasn't a blood sacrifice like that of lambs or bulls or goats. It was, it was a human man who literally gave his life to be crucified on a Roman cross, and that act of dying is what covers over the sins of sinners like you and me and those watching and those listening. And so atonement is a, is a payment covering or a covering payment, if you will, which brings forgiveness to sinners for their transgressions against God. And what's so beautiful about the atonement and what Jesus did is it's a once-for-all payment. He did it only once, which unlike the sacrifices in the Old Testament, they had to be made daily, monthly, and yearly. There was always a sacrifice being made at the altar, at the tabernacle, or the temple. But when Jesus died on the cross, it was once for all. There were never any sacrifices required afterward. He was the final and full payment for the sins of sinners, both past, present, and future. And so the beautiful work of the cross is that at that 
time of death in Christ's life where his hands and his feet were nailed to a cross, the thorn of, crown of thorns on his head, the spear through his side. That act of agony and suffering and death was the process or the act of Jesus loving us as sinners mm-hmm. so much that he would cover over us so that we could become righteous people and following God. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the whole need for this, mm-hmm. okay? Because we, you talked about sacrifices in the Old Testament. And again, you know, we live in a culture now where not a lot of people have a high level of biblical literacy. Right. And so the concept of a sacrifice may just seem incredibly archaic and barbaric. Mm-hmm. So let's just, let's just briefly, as, as much as we can, because again, we talk about animal sacrifices and why they were necessary mm-hmm. according to, to God's law. We could just talk for a long time yeah. on that. Yeah. But let's just kind of give a Cliff's Notes version yeah. of the sacrificial system, what it was, mm-hmm. and why was it instituted. Yeah. So the purpose of the sacrificial system in the Old Testament was meant to show the people of God in 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 particular and and the the world in general the cost of their sin against God. And so a family, for instance, would take a lamb and raise it in their home for months or up to a year. And every year at Passover, they would, each family would have their own lamb slaughtered at the temple. And the family would actually watch the lamb um, have its blood taken from its body mm-hmm. as, a, as a sign to them that their transgressions against God are that serious, that it cost an innocent creature its life to pay for their transgressions against God. And God had instituted this system so that people could live in relationship with him. And th- this is why we have to talk about atonement in light of God's love, but also God's judgment, because sin has a price. When we sin against God, um, it, it makes us deserving of punishment, of death. And some people don't like to talk about that. That's not a common or a popular subject that we deserve right. to pay for our transgressions. And the reason people have trouble with it is because, well, God is supposed to be loving and God is kind and God would never be angry with us. But what that, whenever we respond that way, what it does is it it refuses to, to acknowledge how holy God is and how righteous his judgments are for our sins against him. Not, not to mention the sins against our fellow man, because every sin against a man, a fellow person, is a sin against God itself. And so, so when we say a sacrifice, we're, we're talking about the loss of a life in order to save a life, right? In the, in the case of Christ, it was one life, one human life, for many, many, many lives of all who believe in him. And so... It's, it's, it's often that the cross is spoken of as a means of God's love, but it's also God's justice. It's the payment for what we owed. We owed God our very lives for our sins against him. Jesus paid that for us. So it's a covering. Our cost is covered by the death of Jesus. We have to talk about God's holiness and God's justice at the cross if we're going to grasp the magnificent love of God at the cross. Yeah, so this is more than just this idea that people maybe came up with, the disciples, early followers right. of Jesus, no. trying to make something out of the cross. Like, right. I'm trying to put a good spin on this. What could it be about? Uh, blood covering our sins. Yeah. This goes way back yeah. deep 
all the way back to um, the really garden. the garden. The garden, yeah, you exactly. Know, the yeah. concept of when you know Adam and Eve sinned, their mm-hmm. deliberate uh, rebellion against God in taking for themselves the fruit from the knowledge of the the, the tree of the knowledge of good and, and bad. There had to be some kind of sacrifice, yeah. and, and the first sacrifice was performed by God. Yep. He took the life of an animal, mm-hmm. made clothing from the skins mm-hmm. to cover the shame, the nakedness mm-hmm. of Adam and Eve. And when God instituted the sacrificial system, this was a, a much more in-depth process and system that did essentially the same thing. Mm-hmm. And Christ on the cross was the ultimate fulfillment. Yeah. So this this has a long history, and the, the biblical narrative here is clearly pointing to what Jesus yeah. would eventually do and did uh, in in in. Uh, in a complete work on the cross. Absolutely. And look, atonement from a blood sacrifice or our blood sacrifice in and of itself was not a uniquely Jewish concept in the Middle East. No. In the ancient Middle East. Every tribe, every religion had some form of sacrifice to their gods. What made the Jewish sacrificial system and ultimately now the Christian doctrine of atonement so distinctly different was what it accomplished. The reason the Jewish system worked was not because uh, Moses and Aaron and the priests made up a system of sacrifice that would cover them with God. It was because God gave them a system that he ordained, that he approved of. He was, he's the one that wrote the book on it. And he said, if you follow my instructions and you do this with the right heart and, and the right mind, your sins are forgiven for, so they could understand the great cost it was to them because they sinned against God. And eventually when we get to Jesus, he takes he culminates all of that work over centuries and centuries in, in, in Judaism. And Jesus brings it to a head at Golgotha that day on the cross. And he does away with all the sacrificial system from before because he is the full and final payment, costliness, if you will, of, of human sin. And when we understand that this was ordained by God, it wasn't something that the disciples, as you said, just made up or the apostles yeah. made up later to, to, to make the cross mean something. This was God's plan from the beginning. And in Genesis chapter three, God told Adam and Eve that the offspring of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. They didn't understand how God would do that. Even the prophets, we talked about this yesterday in worship, even the prophets didn't fully understand how God was going to bring redemption to humankind. It was at the cross where Jesus defeated sin and he defeated death. He crushed the head of the serpent, Satan, at the cross and then ultimately at the empty tomb. That work of Christ at the cross to atone for my sin and Dave's sin and our listeners' sin is, is the primary work of Christ on earth. It was to glorify the Father in dying for the Father's people. And if we neglect that, if we ignore that, if we pretend like it doesn't matter or if it's secondary, we're missing we're missing the foundational pillar of the Christian faith. Yeah, without a doubt, there is so much more to the Christian faith than simply you know, certain standards of values and morals mm-hmm. that we can follow. This is not about uh, teachings. This comes down to what did Jesus do, if anything, to take care of our sin problem? Because when you look at worldview issues, you have questions like, where do we all come from? Like, a worldview has to have an answer for that. Why is the world the way it is? 
a worldview must have an answer yes. for that. It must explain it. Yes. Is there anything that can be done to remedy the way the world the way right. the exactly. world is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then finally, is is this all there is? Mm-hmm. Those are the four primary questions a worldview seeks to, yeah. to answer. And when we talk about Christianity, we're not talking about rule following. That doesn't do anything for any of those, yeah. right? No, no set of st- no ideologies, no philosophies check all four of those boxes. Yeah. If that's all you're going for is, rule, is behavior. Rule following just makes it another world religion, just yeah. like all the others. Yeah. And so the cross of Christ actually gives us an answer mm-hmm. for the problem of why is what 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 can be done about the way the world is. Yeah. And it gives us hope for the question, is this all there is? Mm-hmm. Because if Christ died and was resurrected, which the Bible says he was, we believe that, then there is hope for us that this is not all there is in this in this life, in this world's realm. And so we have to go back to the other questions. Well, then why did Jesus do this? Mm-hmm. We, and we've talked a little bit about that, but it goes into the question of, why is the world the way it is? And it's the way it is because of sin. Yep. It's our fault. It's not God's fault. God did not create the world this way. He created it good and perfect in every way. We came along and messed it up because we thought we could do a better job right. ourselves. Yeah. And so what Jesus is doing on the cross is monumental in all of human history. There's no other event. You, you know, take it, couple it with the resurrection. Yeah. That is more significant. Absolutely. The entire human history hinges on the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah, Everything. so it doesn't matter who the ruler is in this empire, what battle they've won. It doesn't matter who has invented something amazing that has transformed the lives of uh, you know everyone on the planet. Uh, or it doesn't even matter what accomplishments we made. You exactly. land people on Mars in the next f- few decades. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even come close. Yeah, God shrugs. Yeah, yeah right, right. right. It doesn't come close to the cross and the resurrection. And so this really does matter big time. It's mm-hmm. not a casual part of the Christian faith. Not at all. We have to do something with what we believe about the atonement. And so that kind of brings us to the next uh, item that we want to talk about is if we can understand what the atonement is biblically— well, what are some wrong ways to think about the atonement? How is the atonement presented in ways that do not match up with Scripture? Why? Let, let me ask you a question before we ask get to me that. a question. Why would someone want to understand the atonement differently than the way that you would say, say, Christian orthodoxy has held to it for so many centuries? Like, if you do your your um, searching of Christian history all the way back to the church fathers they were pretty clear on what the cross sought to accomplish. Right. Why would we want to change that? I think, again, I agree with what the Bible says about the atonement. So I kind of had to do my best to put myself in someone else's shoes. Yeah, exactly. So these are not thoughts that I have personally had, Mm -hmm. but I understand that there are people who rightly struggle with the atonement for a lot of reasons, Mm -hmm. just given their background, uh, looking at it, maybe face value without understanding a lot about the atonement or the Bible itself. But the fact that this gets down, number one, to sin Mm. and makes me guilty. If Jesus died to atone, 
for my sins, then I am guilty of sin. So we live in a world where I don't want to be guilty right, exactly. of anything, much less sin against a holy God. And the atonement throws that back in my face. Right. That's I think that's one reason people would want to define, redefine it. Number two, I think there are some, particularly in the progressive church, that would argue it makes God to be a moral monster. Right. He's he is a a celestial child abuser. Yeah. To put his son on the cross in order to save a bunch of miscreants. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. what? What loving father would ever do that to the to their child for other people, or or to save people that aren't that bad to begin with? Right, right, right. <laughs> like, right yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. it's it's uh it's this idea that it makes people to lack for lack of a better phrase feel icky. Yeah, like it does. God, God yeah. said, "Don't murder," yet He murdered His own son on the cross. Like how that that's what a hypocrite. Yeah, what a hypocrite. It's inconsistent. Yeah, and 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 I understand why that would sound a little odd. Look. Paul addressed the church in Corinth in chapter 1 and said, the cross of Christ is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved is the power of God. There were people that the apostle Paul ministered to throughout the Greek world that did not understand how the cross of Christ made sense. Yeah. So in reality, even though the church, for the vast majority of its history, has held to a very a tight biblical understanding of atonement, there are people outside of the church where the, the cross just doesn't make a lot of sense. So you would understand then how they could get to these conclusions that, okay, if it actually happened, if if this man, Jesus, who lived in the, the, the first few centuries or, you know, the first 30 uh, centuries, years of the, of the first century, he existed, he lived, and he died on a Roman cross, surely it means something different than right. what the Christians believe about paying for sin and, and redeeming sinners and atoning for sin. Well, it's an interesting point because you can't deny that Jesus was crucified exactly. on a cross. It's a historical fact yes. that extra biblical historians and writers writing during the time of Christ and immediately thereafter testify to. Yep. And so you can't dismiss it as a fictional event. Exactly. It happened and Christians give it a significant meaning which forces us to have to say, I agree with it or I disagree with it. You have to answer why. Why would Jesus do that? If it happened, what does it mean? Yeah. Does it mean anything at all? Yeah. What does it mean? And so to go back to the progressive church, they've taken that meaning as something else. He didn't Mm -hmm. atone for sin. He died as an example of suffering. Right. Well, I would say Jesus did die as an example of suffering. That's what all he died for or, or, or to be. He is an example of how to suffer well, but none of us will be asked to suffer what he suffered. None of us will be asked to hang on a cross and suffer physically for the spiritual redemption of rebel children and sinners, right? None of us will ever have to endure that. So yes, Christ was an example of, of trusting the Father, even through the hardest agony and pain, but the reality is none of us will ever be asked to go through that because he did it once for all. Right. So it has to mean more than just an example of suffering. You see, we say, well, maybe he died just to show us how to serve our neighbor. Well, I don't, God never. Really? Yeah, God didn't call me to die on a cross to serve my neighbor. Right. Yeah. I might, I might throw myself in front of a bus to save a child. Okay. I could, I could be a hero, but, but you don't have to be a Christian to do that. No, you don't. Any any Joe can can run down the street and save a person by pushing them out of the way of a fire truck. So that's not doesn't make that uniquely Christian. Yeah. 
And and what what caps it off, and we'll talk more about the resurrection next next week. But if Jesus died on the cross and is alive now, what does the cross really mean then? What are the implications yeah. of the cross? It cannot be less than what the Bible clearly reveals. We don't want to make it more. I don't know that we could make it more, but we should make it less than what the Bible clearly reveals about why Jesus went to the cross. And the Old and New Testaments testify to why Jesus paid for sin at the cross. Yes, it is a consistent narrative in both Testaments. Right. So you're not dealing with a, a new version no. of stuff. Mm. This is completely in the same thread as what we're seeing in the Old Testament. And so it is something, yeah, it is icky. Mm. It Look, sacrifice, the sacrificial system was a gory yeah. mess. I mean, when, if you just stop to think about whether it be the tabernacle or later to the temple, mm -hmm. the number of people every day <laughs> that were coming with an animal to atone for their sins, these priests, I, I would hate to be a priest oh, man. in Old Testament times. It was, bloody, I just, it was a bloody business, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, you stood there all day long slaughtering animals, mm -hmm. sprinkling blood, putting the, the certain parts there on the altar mm -hmm. to burn. Mm -hmm. It just never ended. Yeah. You know, if I know we probably have some people watching, um, you know, particularly if you're from Louisiana, maybe you've gone out like deer hunting or something. Mm -hmm. You know that smell mm -hmm. of a fresh kill. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're dressing that deer out in the woods. If you've ever been in a legitimate butcher shop, most Americans have have never been right, in a legitimate right. butcher shop. Right. Um, but if you ever have, I, mean, I have lived living overseas. Mm -hmm. It's it oh, it just the yeah. pungent odor mm -hmm. that hits your nose of just raw flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. um, you know, also having lived in Muslim country, you know, on you know the high Muslim holy day, uh, you know, when every family is sacrificing. An animal. It's just one animal per family, mm -hmm. and the stench the whole city, of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can't imagine the 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 sight, the gore, the smell, the sounds, mm -hmm. day in day out. As this reminder of sin, it was a bloody horrible yeah. business. Absolutely. And so the cross is just as bloody and horrible business, mm -hmm. but the difference is that was it. It was Last a completed, finished Amen. work. And so this is why when we gather on Sundays, we don't, I don't, we, don't, we don't bring animals with us to church because we don't have to sacrifice. It's not necessary because Christ is at sacrifice. And so this, this, is a, this is a big deal. And so when you try to make it less, not only are you saying less about the severity of sin, but you're also discrediting the entire need of a sacrificial system that God originally instituted. You you can't say that well that was a valid form of worship, but the cross that was something different. Right, right. It doesn't match right, up. Right. Okay, either, either the shedding of blood was necessary or it wasn't. Yeah. And so if it's not necessary. Well, then the whole Bible is just a bunch of nonsense. It's a bunch of slaughter for no reason. Yeah, yeah for no absolutely. reason. Yeah, yeah. But that's not what the Bible presents to us. It's not what it carefully explains to us about the need for that sacrifice. And so the, the atonement of Christ, what he went to the cross to do, 
is something that we have to not just give careful thought to, but if we're going to be followers of Jesus, we have to fully embrace it. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it's, it's uncomfortable because of, of, of the fact that, that a perfect man died. This wasn't a, a, a sinful man. There were two sinners next to him who deserved to die for their crimes. They, right. they were suffering the punishment of the Roman Empire for transgressing against Caesar and Rome. Jesus was hanging on the cross between them by the hand of God because he loves us. Because we transgress against God. Yeah. And, and this, again, you, you mentioned this earlier about admitting that you're a sinner. That's really hard for us to do. And if you recall, we, we referenced the story in the garden. If you remember, before God slaughtered that animal, Adam and Eve had run and hidden in the bushes and covered themselves with leaves. Because yeah. they, were, they knew they had shame on them for transgressing against God. It was God who killed an animal and made better garments for them to cover themselves with. Yeah. Righteous garments, if you will, that God brought to them that they could not provide for themselves. What Jesus does at the cross in atoning for our sin is he gives us a better life because it's, a, it's, it's his life. He gives us a better perspective, a better worldview, because it's his perspective. It's his worldview. It's one of sacrifice um, and not taking. It's giving. And so if someone were to say, well, well, why would God make his son suffer that way? Well, this, and again, this goes into some deeper Trinitarian theology, but Jesus himself actually said that no one takes his life. He gives it. He gives it, yeah. That Jesus actually came to do this. He knew what he was coming to do. This wasn't an accident. Not at all. Jesus wasn't out there teaching and preaching on the kingdom and got wrapped up in this whirlwind of backlash and it got out of control. And next thing you know, oh no, I'm going to be executed. Mm -hmm. That's not what happened at all. It was the plan all along. He was in control the entire time. Yeah. He gave his life. He says in John 10, the shepherd lays his da- his life down for the sheep. It is not taken from him. He lays it down. So even at the arrest and the trial and the crucifixion, Jesus was actually in full control. He was giving himself yeah. for our sake. And th- this is the beauty of the gospel. If you take the sacrifice of Christ and all the gruesome bloodiness that was that the Romans were really good at in killing people slowly yes. and painfully as an example of the power of Caesar and of the Roman Empire, if you take all that story and you try to encapsulate it in one word, it's or really two words, it's love and justice. It's the justice that was owed to God, but the great love that he has for us, Jesus paid for our sake. Yeah. That he gave what he didn't have to give because he was perfect. He gave his life for our imperfect lives. And what that does is it shows us the power of God to overcome our sin for us yeah. because we are incapable and of doing it ourselves. And it's not just a little bit of sin, is no, it? No, it's all If of it, it was a little bit of sin, maybe Jesus, Jesus could have, you know, had a bake sale or something. Yeah. He could have done something small, mm-hmm. some charitable act. But when we look at the cross— it's, it is this reflection of how horrid and ugly and offensive our sin is. Our sin was that bad, that bad. Yeah. And yet Christ went through with it. Mm. He absolutely, without flinching, went through with it. And it may have caused him great anxiety when he was praying in the garden, you know, but he didn't back away from no, it. He walked headlong into it, yeah. Right Absolutely. into it. Yeah. And so this was something that he knew must be done. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's no reason to just really allow humanity to continue on. Exactly. If you're going to have anyone that is 
redeemed and in right relationship with God, something has to be done with sin. Yep. Something has to be done with the death and decay that sin has brought into the world. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is doing so much yeah. on the cross, Absolutely. and he's doing it for his glory mm-hmm. because what an amazing God he is mm-hmm. to do this mm-hmm. for his people that don't deserve it. But he's also doing it for us so that there's a way. You know, we live in a, a world today, Orrin, where people want lots of ways to God. Yes. Oh, yeah. Many, many ways. Many, many ways yeah. to God. Why yeah. do we think we deserve many ways? I've, that's what I've <laughs> always wondered. People say, oh, you Christians, you think Jesus is the only way. How arrogant. And my thought is, don't you, you want, you demand yeah. God give you many ways. How is that not more arrogant? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is it exclusive? Of course it is. Yeah. But the fact that Jesus, that God would give us any way at all mm-hmm. blows my mind. Exactly. And so I'll take the way he's given to us, and it's, and it's a beautiful way, and it's accessible to us. Uh, you know, can you imagine if God had made a way that still largely depended on our efforts? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Forget it. Yeah. Forget it. We're abject failures. Always. When it comes to perfect righteousness, we are all abject failures. We need a perfect righteousness to do it for us. And that's exactly what Jesus yeah. did. If it's up to me, I will fail. And every person yeah. I know is going to fail. The best of the people that I know are eventually going to fail because sin is just part of our DNA. Yeah. We are prone to it. We drift into it. We wander into it. We enjoy it. There has to be a supernatural power at work to drag us out of that. That's what Jesus did at the cross. And and what's, what's really incredible about this is I think someone asked me years ago about why Jesus would have to die in order to go for God to forgive us. And I said, well, that's the price of our sin. Our sin is so great against God. The only way for our life to be redeemed is with the loss of another life. Thankfully, there's only one life that was given or, or, or yeah, shared, given, laid down for our sake. And he said, well, how come we don't have to give our lives or to, to save someone else or to forgive someone else? And I said, because Christ gives you the power to do that now in, in his death. His death is enough so that you can tell your friend or neighbor who transgressed against you, I forgive you, and they are forgiven. You can mean what you say because you have received forgiveness from right. God through Christ in his atoning work. And so the implications of the cross are magnificent and eternal and powerful, and they encompass every square centimeter of our lives. From head to foot, in every relationship, in every experience of life, the, what Jesus accomplished at the cross matters. It matters to you personally, and it matters to your neighbor as well, because they need this as much as you do. Yes, this is not something just for the religious elite. No, who, especially not. Yeah, not, definitely not. Yeah. But it's, it's for everyone. And so yeah. when you are at home, and you are thinking about your neighbors, and we've all got different kind of neighbors. Some of neighbors, they're kind of recluse. Some neighbors are very uh, out there, and you see them in the yard, and you talk to them. You know, some neighbors are, uh, you know, families with kids. Some are empty nesters. Some are uh, grandparents, widows, widowers, all just all manner. Some are just grumpy people. More loud and boisterous. Loud. Yeah, you've got all manner of neighbors, and the atonement matters to them. All of them. You, you can't pick and choose just because you like some of your neighbors more because they're maybe not as aggravating as others that, well, the atonement, that could do something good for them. Right. 
No, even even the ones that just drive you up the wall, the ones that they just keep parking. They're on the street, <laughs> and the homeowners association said, no. strictly says you can't, <laughs> you can't park that. on the street, and they just keep doing it. The atonement is for them too. Yeah, exactly. And so we have to look at people through that lens. We talked, you know, a, I guess a couple of weeks ago now, we were talking about discipleship mm-hmm. and that there's only two types of people in the world, yeah. saved and lost. Well, because there are lost people, we have to apply the truth of the atonement mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. And if they're not going to, number one, know about it, then number two, they're not going to have a chance to respond to yeah, it. Exactly. And if they never know about it, never respond to it, they're still guilty of their sin, and they will die without Christ, and they will spend an eternity being punished rightly for their yeah, sins absolutely. in a very real place that the Bible calls hell. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot at stake yeah. when we talk about the implications of the atonement on the people that we know and in some cases, love, people that may be in our families. Yeah, absolutely. This matters. It's not just a a Christian trope. Mm-hmm. This is a life or death. What Jesus did in giving up his life, it draws a line in the sand, a cosmic line of the yeah, sand. Yeah, eternally, yeah. Sure. And we will either stand on one side of it or the other. Yeah, and and. Why would you want to stand on the wrong side when it, this is not a way for Christian leaders, especially to control their churches, their right. constituents, the public? Like some people would use that as a sort of, like you said, a Christian trope that we use to leverage people. No, there's freedom because if there is a God and you have sinned against him, someone's got to pay for that, right? He's that holy. Yeah. Someone owes him a life. Right, not not you not, owe you owe him your life exactly. It's not because he's bloodthirsty, because yeah. he's that holy. Yeah, and so your life will pay for it, or Christ has paid it for you. So why would you not want to cross that cosmic line, so to speak, and have full access to God, a relationship with God, so that you know that your transgressions against Him have been paid for, your life has been changed, the atonement has set you free now because you're covered by the blood of Christ, has set you free to live a righteous life. You're still going to fail, you're still going to sin, you're still going to mess up. The difference now is that you've been set free to seek forgiveness to know the Lord God and how much he loves you by his grace, that you can love your neighbor and not be afraid of not being loved in return because you have the love of Christ in your heart first. And you're simply loving them and caring for them and serving them and patient with them as a ministry to them that they may see the life of Christ in you. And again, this ties so directly to the resurrection, which we'll talk about more next week. As we wrap this up today, because there is a God, because he loves you so dearly, and yet your sin is so evil and wicked against him, there has to be a payment. That payment was made by the innocent, perfect Jesus, who gave his life for your sake to cover over your sin. The sufferings of Christ opened the way for you to have a relationship with God. And so for you to know that and to share that with others is the purpose of why Jesus did it to begin with.
All right, Oren. Yeah. Great discussion on the yeah, atonement. Again, we scratched the surface too. Just, just yeah. scratched the surface. Let me um, recommend a book. I mean, Oren, have you read John Piper's 50 Reasons Why Jesus yeah, Came to Die? That's really good. Yeah. It's an excellent resource. Uh, you can actually get it for free as a PDF. We'll put a link in the description if you would like to get that. Uh, 50 Reasons Why Jesus Came to Die by, by John Piper. Yeah. Uh, it's an excellent resource that just walks through scripture. Yeah. And gives all of these uh, references and reasons from Old Testament yeah, and New Testament yeah. as to why the Messiah, why Jesus had to die, mm-hmm. what he did in the atonement there on the cross. So uh, be looking for that in the um, in the description, the show notes. And next week, like we said, we're talking about the resurrection. Risen Christ, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I know it's like, oh, Easter's over with, but look, we want to talk about it because it's so important. Mm-hmm. And it's good for us to uh, really understand why, especially in this day and age, yeah. talk of the resurrection and a proper biblical understanding of that is so helpful yeah. for not, not our own spiritual lives, but again, the implications that it has for those that are around us as well. Look, if Jesus died for a a relationship with God, then that relationship is built on something that must be ongoing. Well, it's built on an ever-living Savior. So join us next week for that. It's going to be good. Yep, and so for all you listeners, thanks so much for joining us today. Remember, you can go and follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook Mm -hmm. page Mm -hmm. where... In case you didn't know, we mm-hmm. stream these live yes. every opportunity we can. So you can actually watch us live. Or if you didn't catch us live, you can go to our YouTube page. Mm-hmm. Just go over to YouTube and search Footnotable. We're the only Footnotable channel you will find. That's right. And you can subscribe to us there. Ring the little bell for the notifications. You'll know when these videos get posted mm-hmm. and other stuff as well. Yeah. And also you'll find us on Instagram at Instagram.com slash um, footnotable. Yep. And follow all the fun stuff. And guess what? For those of you that are already on our Facebook page, we started a Facebook group yep. called Postscript. Postscript. And we're going to try to get, use that and you know just throw some more lighthearted fun things in there. Uh, we're going to see about what we can do about po- possibly having some uh, either pre or post episode discussions and chats uh, with you. Uh, there may be questions that come up that you can't an, an, uh, ask us because you're watching this right. afterwards. Right, right. Well, we, we, we want to use that group as a way to interact with you. So uh, if you go to the Facebook page, there's a link there in one of the the posts to go to our group, Postscript. Postscript, yeah, check and, it out. And uh, join that and uh, just join the discussion, and we will talk to you next week.